and welcome to the number one Middle Eastern politics podcast in the nation. For those in the West, the idea of a civil war is something mostly heard of in a history class, far enough in the past that you hardly think about it at all. Yet for the citizens of Yemen, the civil war has been raging for nearly a decade now. It can be argued that the civil war in the United States led to a stronger foundation to our overall democracy, but the fate of Yemen's democracy remains unknown. Today, I would like to talk about Yemen's democracy and the flaws which led to its ultimate collapse and the starting of this long civil war, as well as examine its future prospects of a stronger democracy resulting from the current conflict. understand the Yemeni democracy, one must understand that Yemen, as a democracy, began in two places. As northern Yemen overthrew their dictator on September 26, 1962, and were helped by Egypt in starting their democracy, while the People's Republic of Southern Yemen was formed on November 30, 1967. From the very beginning, the region known today as Yemen was a divided region, with the civil war in the north and northern Yemen lasting for eight years with the North being a more conservative state partnering with the, with the neighboring Saudi Arabia, and the South being a socialist state, choosing to create closer ties to the Soviets. It isn't surprising that during the 70s, northern Yemen and the PDRY had skirmishes back and forth around the border, with the assassination of political leaders such as Ahmed al-Ghashmi in the North coming from across the border. In spite of the animosity between these two nations, it was in March 1979 that the two nations announced plans to unify into one, united Yemen. Though this plan failed to become reality until around 1990, after years of vicious regime, regime changes within both countries, this new unified Yemen held its first elections in 1993, ending up with an ultimately successful election in which multiple parties picked up many of the 301 seats in parliament. This unification was short-lived, however as a devastating two-month civil war occurred in 1994 as both sides became suspicious of the other, trying to gain the upper hand in the deal of unification. This ultimately ended with the North victorious, and many in the South feeling new passion for succession. What is important to understand about this new democracy is that there was a great tension between the two halves of Yemen, with the tribal leaders of the North taking important roles in the government that kept them in their positions as elites while the southern Yemenis were barred from government employment and their natural resources were exploited to earn money for the northern elites. This is ultimately how the democracy in Yemen began. It emerged through consistent conflict and a cultural and ideological divide between the north and the south, which would continue to cause tension and eat away at the democracy. But surprisingly, its end came in a much different way from one, what one might expect. We hope to see how Yemen can regain its strength as a democracy, and once again become a stable nation, representing its people fairly. But to do that, we must see where its democracy failed. As is clear from my previous points, Yemen was nowhere near stable. Its democracy was far from perfect. But the ultimate nail in the coffin for this young, united nation didn't come until around the time of the Arab Spring. The South's grievances continued to rise, beginning in 2007 with their protest against the ruling government forcing southern military officers into an early retirement with poor pensions. But following the beginning of the Arab Spring in Egypt in 2011, the real changes began. Widespread protests began, which the president of Yemen tried to put down with extreme violence, and this use of violence ultimately led to the defections within the main party's own ruling class, and eventually 
an agreement was reached called the Gulf Cooperation Council Initiative. The GCC initiative created the framework for a complete reformation of the Yemen government, playing for presidential elections within 90 days, a new transitional government made up of equally of the ruling party and their opposition, constitutional amendments, and electoral changes. Despite how bright this opportunity might seem, however, this initiative was backed mostly by external forces like the U.S., leaving out many of the leaders of these uprisings in the reform talks, leading to more frustration from the Yemeni people who felt that the changes coming weren't going to meet their needs and desires which they had spent so long fighting for. Finally, tension turned to violence when, in 2015, a Shia minority group called the Houthis captured the presidential palace and overthrew the ruling government of President Hadi. The Houthi claimed that they lacked any religious freedom and that they were ultimately unable to live fulfilling lives in Yemen due to job discrimination and government corruption. The civil war in Yemen has grown more and more violent as Saudi Arabia and the United States has backed the previous government in the conflict, supplying it with weapons and bombs, and Iran has backed the Houthis for their respective religious associations. Groups like the Southern Transitional Council have popped up, vying for an independent southern Yemen and backed by the UAE. And finally, terrorist organizations like Al-Qaeda have used the chaos of the civil war to turn Yemen into a temporary place of safety for their organizations. Looking at Yemen's long history, we can see how the failure of Yemen's democracy was sparked by a lack of faith in its political system due to widespread corruption of its officials and the electoral system in general. And, in a primordial view, one might argue that the long-standing tensions and distrust between the North and the South have fueled the mistrust and division within the democracy itself. Having now heard of Yemen's long and troubled history of democracy, one might think they are no longer have any means of democratic development. Political scientists from Florida Atlantic University, Mehmet Gerses and David Mason, may disagree. According to a study done by them, civil wars which end in negotiated settlements are more likely to lead to higher levels of democratization afterwards when compared with a decisive military victory from either side of the conflict. If we look at the past conflicts within Yemen, most of their civil conflicts, such as the two-month civil war in 1994 and mass protest in 2014, ended in some sort of negotiation and restructuring of the democracy, rather than outright domination from one faction. So it was equally possible that this newest conflict may one day end with a settlement which will restructure the government of Yemen for the better. On top of this, the study also cites previous research which found that the longer a civil war goes on, the less likely a decisive victory is reached and therefore the more likely a negotiated settlement resolves the conflict. With the conflict in Yemen beginning in 2014, it's been nearly a decade, and the conflict has no real end in sight, so that chances of a decisive victory are extremely low, especially with all the factions vying for power. On the other hand, an unfortunate discovery of the study found that identity-based conflicts and previous democratic experience decreases the likelihood of democratization in the region. When applying this idea to Yemen, we see that its democratic experiment has been a long and grueling one, which has likely led to general dismay or distrust for democracy as an institution. Adding to that, this conflict, though layered with multiple conflicting forces, is deeply identity-based, both the Shia minority and the North-South divide. Moreover, democracy has been Yemen's official form of government in both the North and the South for decades, and it is likely that both sides see that collaboration in a democratic setting may not be the way forward, instead looking at dissolution of the unified state. What I think is most important to take away from the study and analysis is that the article concludes that civil wars may lead to more inclusive polities by redistributing power in a country, 
In this power sharing is the main difference between a civil war leading to democratization or to collapse. It is the power sharing that comes with a long conflict, a negotiated settlement, which leads to democratization. And so, if Yemen can come back from the conflict with a greater drive for unity, democratization of the nation is still very possible, though far from likely. As you have all heard today, it is clear that the prospects of democracy within Yemen are far from over, though the nation has a long history of trouble within its democracy, including rampant corruption and an intense cultural divide between certain identities. There is a clear optimism within its population and a drive for unity which has won out time and time again. The civil war in the country is not the end of democracy, but possibly a new beginning. Should those responsible for the reprehensible war finally decide enough is enough and come together for discussions of peace, the nation may still be able to build a better democracy without the flaws of its previous incarnations. Civil wars are simply civil discourses that have gotten out of hand, and with hard work from those in power, Yemen can again be a thriving democracy. I would like to thank you all for listening. This has been Colton for the number one Middle East podcast in the nation, Logging Off. Thank you all for listening. My sources for today's podcast come from Democracy Out of Anarchy, The Prospects for Post-Civil War Democracy, Understanding the Civil War in Yemen Through Human Needs Theory, as well as the Middle East Sage Textbook. If you would like to see any of these sources, please look at the attached file on record.